let's start with this talk about recession. Um, ANC head of economic transformation in Okotongwana saying that uh, we might be on the verge of one. Some believe that we are already in one. Where exactly are we? Look, it depends on what kind of uh, measures that you use, but there's a few that I would suggest. The one is that our rate of growth has been extremely sluggish for the last three to four, even five quarters, um, and we've almost gone to got, been at a stage of no growth. That changed very briefly over the last 12 months where there was a moment of economic stability and slight buoyancy, nothing, nothing fancy, but just a bit of buoyancy where the markets were responding better to the fiscal um, order and discipline and also responding to to the to the stability in with the finance ministry as well um, the fact that there was an attempt to curb spending on state-owned enterprises the huge bailout loans etc etc so these things were bringing about a form of stability but I certainly think that the economy has been performing very badly unemployment rates contrary to what the official statistics would want us to believe have been going up um, and they're far over the 20 you know, far beyond even on the official 24, 25%, the very modest official um, rate, uh, unemployment rate, these have also been climbing up slowly. Of course, the unofficial rate at 40, 42%. All of these things are indicators of an economy that has been sluggish, that has been not been able to retain um, enough labor, that has not been able to get the return on the investment on its large-scale, uh, you know, on, on its large-scale commodities, and which also has been internally the monitor policy um, it could have been managed so so much better and all of these are a recipe for a, a climate for recession and to the ordinary South African listening to the uh, contrasting messages coming out around this uh, some saying that you know it's a bad thing we should be worried about the consequences of these downgrades mm. while others are saying you know what it, it's not a train smash we've heard narratives of we've been living in junk status uh, if the <laughs> rainfall will pick it up so as an ordinary South African what mm. is it that you should take away from this? Yeah, so look, it, it, again, it depends on who you're listening to. But the one thing, I mean, I, I, I'll say once again that I think um, credit ratings agencies are themselves quite problematic because what they do is that they, they you know, I mean, I think we've seen the, in the media, S&P defines $1.67 billion, some of the highly discretionary and extremely problematic and, and really random methodologies that they use, problems with transparency, and the difficulty with, uh, with credit ratings agencies is that they're not accountable to anybody in particular. These are private agencies. So I think it's important to say that these are guns for hire which pay, which are paid by banks, by governments, by, by, by huge investment organizations to assess how much, um, how, how useful uh, a country's investment prospects will be for them. And I think we should not get away from the fact that these are guns for hire and that they have made horrible, horrible mistakes. So, that, so before that, you go of, uh, beyond that point, so earlier we mm. listened to a Minister of State Security, David Mathobo, also mm. pronouncing on these ratings agencies and essentially um, you know coming to the point that they are trying to effect regime change in South Africa from what you are saying I mean and and this speaks to the very credibility of these ratings agencies um, Mm. they they are at least uh, on the evidence before us um, they are players in all of this game they are not innocent um, bystanders in watching what is happening here 
No, they're not. These are not objective um, entities. And I mean, I think uh, my rider by saying that would be to say that this should not, this this does not in any way, uh, you know, take away from the mistakes and the horrible mismanagement of um, the finance mm. ministry over the last 12 to 18 months. So I think that let's, let, let's separate the apples from the oranges mm. on that one. And I'll speak to that later. But I do think certainly that, I mean, for example, Sakina, you have a country like Egypt, which has been in a state of turmoil and, and, and for, for, for about six years now, since the, the so-called Arab Spring or the North African Spring, which has been rated at a similar, at a similar notch as South Africa. Now, for everything South Africa has and has not been previous to the last perhaps 12 to 18 months, we're not at a state of war. And then when you think about a country which is stable, where things function to some extent, um, where you know financial systems are in order, um, where you can get your money in and out, where there's infrastructure, social infrastructure, not perfect, but certainly the best on the continent. And yet a country like Egypt has been graded um, on par with us, and I think possibly, I don't think they're at junk now even. Uh, and this is after a revolution. And I think that we need to be very circumspect about the fact that they use measures which, as I say, are not transparent, which cannot be called into question. You can't have a shareholder meeting and say, matter what happened, what, what, what's your methodology? Uh, and I think that the, the critiques have been made time and time again. I mean, com- com- companies such as um, the, the big three, um, there are other players, but they're so minor. I mean, the big three dominate 90% of the market. And they've never, for example, when they've come to South Africa, called on people like us, for example, had a conversation like the one that you make to say, look, man, what's happening on the ground? Um, they often use secondary data. They often use data which then is, 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 is extremely uh, problematic. They sometimes use data which is from the IMF. They sometimes use data which is just from the Internet. They sometimes use the data of other academics, etc. So they don't per se go on the ground, and that could be to do with the volume of work and see what is going on. But as I say, that is not to take away from the fact that over the past 12 to 15, 18 months, the, the, the South African government have made a series of, scored a series of own goals in a spectacular fashion to play into all the doom saying mm-hmm. uh, and for our own sake have done some incredibly ridiculous made some incredibly ridiculous um, moves in our economy so what corrective measures can be taken now by government to redeem itself in order to uh, continue attracting foreign investment and what can ordinary citizens do to cope with this recession Oh, shame. And, and that's always a thing. It's always about us. Mm. The thing that's very difficult is, is for us is that um, uh, the, the one thing is that we're probably going to go into another junk. We're going to go probably be downgraded by the third. These the, the, the three, the big three cartel credit ratings agencies usually work in concert, in tandem with each other. Um, it's highly unusual for the for one to be rogue per se. Um, at the time of as we're speaking, eighty percent of countries have been given the same grading by the by the three major ratings agencies for about nine years. I mean that's a ridiculous amount of um of of, of working together. Yeah. Um, and which could almost be could almost be classified as collusion. The second thing is that in terms of what we can do, it's a, it's a stiff ride. I mean, I think I, I wish I had good news for South Africa on a Monday morning. Countries that have been in this situation before, countries such as Colombia, took about 12 years to come out of their recession, out of their junk, out, out of the junk status. 
Um, others have taken about seven years. Greece is still in a state of downgrade. Um, you know, uh, Ireland has not yet been regraded, recalibrated upwards. So I think that we need to be very clear that we're in for a sticky ride. We also need to be aware that we need, that printing more money is the one thing that's not going to work. What governments and, 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 and reserve banks often do is they try to throw money back into the economy, quantitative easing, to create false sentiment. And I think that it's worth saying that this is about sentiment. What South Africans need to be aware of that it's going to be nasty. Um, petrol is going to go up. The cost of basic commodities is going to go up because, unfortunately, we do live in a dollarized world. Until our government is willing to make the sorts of moves and make the sorts of policy and fiscal choices, which would um, reduce dependency on the dollar markets and perhaps think about um, increasing dependency on a multiple pool of currencies, we're going to be hammered by this. It might mean that we're probably going for an interest rate increase um, before the end of this month. Um, and, and I think the best we can do is to try to live within our means, buy smaller cars. I mean, do all those really awful um, belt tightening exercises that are necessary at times like this. Don't take on any more debt. Don't don't buy a bigger house. Don't go and buy a bigger car. Just manage with what we have at the moment moment um, and, and, and really begin also to, to continue to sort of apply vocal pressure on the state to say that we can't really deal with another tax increase and I've heard rumors over the weekend of the possibility of a tax increase which would be really uncomfortable for, for, for Sibusiso or non-Dumiso on the street.